This is Hans Scheil from the Finishing Well podcast. On Finishing Well, we help you make godly choices about Medicare, long-term care, and your money. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it. Share it. But most of all, thank you for listening and choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here, now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours, and we are glad that you're with us today. We are talking about our next series of stages, as you said, Andy, right? Stages. Stages. We could say that more authority, more confidence. <laughs> stages. Well, you really wanted to name it Pillars, so I don't know. It, would <laughs> do it, what you, it is you a stage. what you do. It's a stages of the masculine journey. That's the next Pillars that we're talking about. It's, but we know it's, it's I guess it's different. Well, a, hey, I, this is the difference. What's pillars the difference? kind of are independent and build the building out itself, but stages build on one another like you explained. In the last show, right? So you're mansplaining construction to me. <laughs> I build houses for a living, Andy. <laughs> well, my dad knew something about construction. <laughs> he did. He did. No, I'm just kidding. No, but you're right. I, I think when we enter into a pillar series, uh, we think there's a, a known number, and it ends mm-hmm. up being just a much bigger number. I think what's definitely different about this, it's defined. It's six, defined, yeah. Defined six stages, so it can't be pillars. We're to not going to add any to them. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. we take three. Yeah, we're going to add five more. Now, it, all right, so we are talking about the six stages of the masculine journey. And Andy, do you want to kind of tell us briefly again what that's about? And if if the, he doesn't give you enough information and I don't, go listen to the last show because we <laughs> yeah, just right. set it up in we there did it so you can good, listen yeah. to it. We'll that. do this quick because we got a lot to get through, but. Yeah. You know, the stages of masculine journey are really like the stages of men's of a man's life. And I never had really heard them broken down in so defined and distinct ways. And um, after I got done reading Wild at Heart, I read Way of the Wild at Heart or, or Father by God is the other. And, and it went through these stages. And what it helps you do is if you've read Wild at Heart and know all that content and wounds and sonship and, and warfare and all those things, this gives you a context of where you're going to see those and, and how you're going to see those in the different stages of your life. I also give you some context of asking God to go back and help fill in those areas that you missed, you didn't do well, you didn't even understand that you needed them, and you just, you're an unfinished man there that needs help from his Father, and who better can do it than the one that created you to, to walk you through this process? Yeah, and, and he'll either right. walk you through it personally or, or, or give you or give mentors. Or other people. Yep. That, that help you get through That's it. Right. They'll send people into your life. And, and so as you go through it, as you go through that book, very powerful book, Fathered by God. If you get an old copy, it was The Way of the yeah, Wild Heart, pretty much the same book, but it breaks down into these stages. And then the questions that come behind that is you learn what you're supposed to have gotten in each stage, mm. how you might have been wounded in that stage, and then you're supposed to go ahead and fill in the blank, where did you get wounded? You know, asking God, where did I get wounded in this stage? Mm. And from that, what agreements did I make, yeah. right? Because that lets you break the warfare. It lets you step into, back into that that area in a way where God can work on your heart. Yep. And what wounds, sometimes we think of them as like a positive thing when an arrow went in and something bad happened to you, you got hurt in some way. But a lot of times, 
It's just the absence of somebody walking you through those things, maybe because you have an absent father and he didn't take you through the things you needed to know to become a man. Yeah, I remember uh, a friend of ours, friend of the show, a uh, friend of the ministry, Ron Mitchell, uh, talking about mm-hmm. it at a boot camp when he responded to the wound talk of his dad was gone at a very early early age and not knowing how to tie a tie. Yeah. You know, not knowing how to ask a girl out on a date. You know, those types of things, and those were all wounding moments because he felt like he was just left alone mm-hmm. and abandoned. Right. Um, saw on uh, TikTok this last week, I sent it to some of the guys in the groups mm-hmm. I know that would look at TikTok. But there is a guy out there that uh, um, is doing Father How Do I is what it's mm-hmm. called on TikTok. But it's a series of, of things that teach men how to do things like tie a tie. Because he grew up without a father and had mm-hmm. to figure it out on his own. And he's like, I don't want anyone else to have to go through that. Yeah. So even in you know, what could be like a frivolous kind of thing like TikTok, God can do some really good work you know, through a guy that has a good heart that wants to try to help others. And so as we, we talk about this stage, Andy, when we left the uh, radio show moving into After mm-hmm. Hours, you just played your clip from Braveheart, mm-hmm. but we didn't get a chance for you to share uh, how you were wounded in this boyhood stage and, and how God's come after you. Okay, if I must. You uh, must. <laughs> so my dad really did give me that, just like William in, in Braveheart. I feel like he really was, I was a beloved son. And um, youngest child at the time. I wasn't his youngest, but I really felt like he gave me a lot. He gave me a lot as a kid working in sports and stuff like that and probably spent more time with me on that than my brother who d- got the job of working quite a bit, you know. But, um, and there was times that he spoke hard into my life, kind of like the first clip in the Braveheart scene is, is like I can remember a time when um, I, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't, um, you know, go in and and spend time um, practicing for baseball. Like I was a pitcher and I didn't spend the time. And when he took the time to help me through that, it helped out. But he would give me a hard time. He would give me a hard time. One time I was acting cocky on the mound and I heard it. I mean, I heard it on the way home because, and, and, you know, I didn't really have a whole lot to be cocky about. And he reminded me of that. But probably the worst thing, probably the wound that came and affected me the most through my life was dad had a good heart and wanted to reach out. And we had a, he had been married before, um, his previous wife's son, a horrible situation. He had been in juvenile and all that. Well, dad went and got him out, brought him to our house and ended up exposing our family a lot of stuff, me to, to pornography for the first time. And so dad was trying to do the right thing. And trying to even do the right thing for, I think he felt like the whole family, really. I th- thought he felt that it would be good for my brother and sister who had actually lived with this brother. But um, it really damaged me. I mean, that, that was something, a stain for, that I dealt with a, a big part of my life. And so that's that taking of innocence that you mentioned. And and I really it struggled, but I was like, ding, 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 that's it. When you talk about taking the innocence at a, a much younger age than it should have been. Right, so how's God come after that? So, well, obviously, <laughs> it took, took years, but really really set, set me free from lust and, and, and pornography and those things that, um, you know, just bound me up. And, you know, those are the things that you didn't really know that God had. That Obviously, all, all you did was run from the Father. You didn't run to the Father, as we've talked about before. So really just, um, he's he's... He set me free. I don't know how to put it any any other way than that. All right. I want to um, 
actually go back to another thing. You know, one of the things your dad did when you were young, he loved to take you on adventures. Yep. And when that was stolen from you, God has stepped in and taken uh, you on absolutely. adventures. Absolutely. Now, that was at a little bit older age, okay. but it was still, I mean, he was still, we did a lot as a family. We were still together as a family. And he made, I mean, I remember spending time at the rivers, camping out at the rivers. Uh, you know, there are a lot of stuff. He was involved in my sports. He was, he was in the proper place of helping me mature as a young man. Was he perfect? No, but he, he was a brick mason. He worked hard. He had a lot of responsibilities. And, you know, I've had one child. I, he had three at the time, but then four when he brought this other son in. And, you know, how do, how you manage all that and give each one, I, I, that's, I don't know how he did it. Well, thanks, Andy. Robbie, we're up with your clip. Would you like to tell us a little bit about your clip or some of your story first? Which would you prefer? Well, the clip's about Old Yeller. Okay. A and so I hope you've seen it. But, you know, it's a classic movie from the you know, 1950s and early 60s, but uh, Bill Murray liked it because he asked, you know, how many people cried when Old Yeller died, you know? So is is your wound like Old Yeller pants? Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my Old Yeller, yeah. And, and you might remember in my faithful story, what am I, an old dog or something? Yeah, faithful, right, you know? yeah. So, yeah, in a lot of different ways, Old Yeller, you know, <laughs> speaks to all those things. But the, the, the setup for the movie, and I, I really highly recommend it as a movie in the masculine journey for a lot of reasons, because you can kind of see what happens as a dad leaves, because that's the, that's the setup, is the father is going to, he's got to go on a cattle drive, and he's, he's going to make some money for the family, and he leaves the two boys, uh, one that is in the cowboy ranger phase, actually, a little bit older, and then the beloved son, which is played by... You know, Kevin Cochran, and if you're a fan of old Disney movies, you would know Kevin Cochran and, and actually Tommy Kirk are both in Pollyanna, and they're both in Swiss Family Robinson. And in both cases, they play very similar parts where, you know, Kevin, this young boy, is the beloved son. And quite honestly, when I thought of the beloved son, when I was thinking of a clip, I thought, man, it's kind of like Opie. Like, you know, this is the beloved son. It's just the way he is. But unfortunately, when the guy, when the when the father left on this, it reminded me all too much of my own childhood, because my father was constantly he left every Friday. I mean, every Monday morning on a business trip, and he did not come back until you know we didn't see him until Saturday, sometime when he woke up, and then he wasn't in a particularly good mood because <laughs> he'd worked all week, and what little bit I had of my dad was a little bit frightening at times, although I knew I was the beloved son, but I didn't exactly always know what I was going to get with my dad, but I knew one thing I was going to get is he wasn't around much, and when he would leave, he would do what the father did in this movie. You know, he takes a boy that really is too young for the responsibility and says, you are the man of the house, okay? And this is, you're, you're going to be the man of the house. Well, he, he did that when I was six, seven, eight years old, when clearly I was not the man of the house. And it was pretty obvious to me that I didn't have anywhere close to running things, especially when I have two older sisters bossing me around. And it was really a very difficult thing that left me in a, in a, in a place of fear. Like, I do not know what to expect in life. And it left me um, really afraid of a lot of things, even walking into a grocery store and, and, and walking up to a clerk would terrify me because I didn't know what to expect from people. Um, and I made that agreement that you can't trust people because you don't know, you know, they seem to be nice to you one minute, but the next minute, man, they could be really hard. 
And so it led to a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear. But as you listen to this clip, I love what the mom does here. As she comes after both sons' hearts, in spite of the father, is, is, is left. And you can hear that, you know, obviously, or I shouldn't say obviously, what's happened is the Tommy Kirk carried the older boy was told that if he could, if he could grow corn, you know, that they'd have bread for the winter and then he could do a man job, then he would get a horse. And so everything's all bet on this horse. Well, old Yeller, the dog comes in, causes a ruckus, the mule bucks, tears up the corn, you know, and so now he's not, he's not, he hasn't got what it takes and he looks like he's a failure. So he's obviously blaming the dog and he wants to kill the dog. And about that time, little boy comes in, falls in love with the dog, and there you have this scene. Get out of here! dog and I never even touched him. Where on earth did he come from? Same old stray dog that wrecked the fence. Stole that big side of Midland meat there too. He's my dog. Ain't nobody gonna try to hurt him. Well. Looks like we've got us a dog. Mommy, you don't mean we're gonna keep that old ugly yellow dog after what he done? He ain't an ugly yellow dog. He's a pretty yellow dog. Why not let Alice claim him? Him stompede and jumper again? You could break him at that. He's a thief, Mama. He'll steal us blind. Most creatures will steal when they're hungry enough. All right, but I still don't want him. Now, Travis, you're not being fair. You had a dog when you were little, and Alice has never had one. He's too little for you to play with. He gets lonely. After breakfast, you can take to the woods and get us a deer. And Travis, do some thinking on what I said about Alice and that old yellow dog. Yeah, you can't help but um, <laughs> see how that mom goes after uh, Travis's heart at the same point, giving him a chance to, to to love on the beloved younger son who's supposed to know that he's the favorite right there, right? You're supposed to know that, that you're favored when you're that age. And, and there's no doubt that that we see her do that. But when she tells him go out and get a deer and all that, she's saying, I know what you got, it take, what it takes, Travis, to make this happen. I know you can break him of that. I, I She has confidence in him and, and pours that into his heart, his heart, which does well for there. So, you know, I, I really look back on that wounding of the fear that I had in my life as a result of what happened to me in the cowboy in the in the boyhood stage and what I remember when I went to my first boot camp that you guys pointed out that Jesus needed this and like if Jesus needed to know he's the beloved son how much more do we need to know that we're the beloved son he needed to know this so much that God broke protocol at his baptism right and said this is my beloved son right and whom I'm well pleased and and when you guys said that I've never forgotten what it did for my heart to say oh 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 
if Jesus needed to hear that, you know, how much more do I need to hear that? How much more do I need to see that? And and I love the wounding part where it says in there that, um, you know, if a father is violent, not that my father was violent physically very much, it, it happened, but not much. He was, he was violent verbally. Mm-hmm. A, and that led to some remarkable fear. However, just like when we did the, um, this so funny to me, how, what I know about this. Well, when we did the, the, uh, the collage that you talked about, when we did the sonship talk, I was supposed to go through how God put these different fathers in my life that really, really helped me. Well, this is going to sound bizarre Rama, but it's just a story, folks. Okay? So when I was in my early 20s, when I was really, really struggling with this fear, God sent me L. Ron Hubbard. Okay, that's the founder of the Church of Scientology. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. But in the Church of Scientology, one of the very first fundamental things you have to do is, is a communications class. And in that communications class, you deal with fears, especially relational fears, constantly. And they had something they would call bull baiting, where people would actually try to get you to be intimidated on purpose. And you had to walk through that. And, and, it, and it really, it, God sent Ron Hubbard. I, there's no doubt in my mind. I would not be who I am today. I, I wouldn't walk into a grocery store. My first marriage broke up because I wouldn't go in the grocery store. Okay. I mean, it's a true story. Um, that God sent that man with that information to, to get me to where I could even relate to people. God sent, obviously, Jesus to die for my, and a whole lot of stuff to get me where I am today after that, but there's other fathers that come along the way, and, and, and he's the one that God orchestrated that. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you, Robbie. David, you are actually up next with your clip. Do you want to talk about your clip? Do you want to? Uh... Uh, yeah, we can talk about it. Um, so this is from Spider-Man 2. It's um, Spider-Man talking to his uh, school friend. Um, <laughs> I mean, a friend from school. There you and, go. And, and basically they're going through how their father wound um, has left them where they're at feeling abandoned. And, and you know, ultimately... Um, you know, as everybody shared tonight, uh, when, when you feel like you're abandoned from your father and, you know, God doesn't like that that feeling happening. So ultimately, he'll turn it around sometimes and put somebody in your life to help father you through that and, and father you with them through that. Um, so we'll listen to this clip and then we'll come back and talk about it. Yeah, and at the end of the clip, they're skipping stones across the lake. You'll hear the lake yeah. in the in the clip, but that's mm-hmm. what they're doing at the end. Yep, thank you. You know, when my father sent me away, I tried to forget everything about this place. I guess that kind of included you. You ain't got to explain anything to me, man. We both got dumped. You ever figure out why your parents bailed? My dad left a briefcase. That's all I got, briefcase full of junk. Whatever, I don't know, I tried to think about it. How's that working out for you? Perfectly. Nice arm. It's just the wrist, it's just all in the wrist, buddy. So, 
you know, he talks about his father leaving him a briefcase full of junk. And, you know, that might be true in, in Spider-Man movie, but we can all look back and, and our father's left us with something. Um, you know, me personally, uh, looking back at uh, some of the wounds that I've gotten throughout my life um, has really shown me going through this boyhood stage and more of the stages of the masculine journey because I'm new to that that part of it to see how the the enemy really takes those and, and twists those and and really comes back up later in life. I mean, just for me, for instance, I can look at just me me bothering my children um, through what they're going through right now. I can see tendencies of me wanting to lean towards how I was bothered. And, and ultimately, uh, you know, praying about it and trying to fight through it, it is a battle. And, and I'm battling the enemy to make sure I don't fall down the same path or my kids don't go down the same path that I went to. Luckily, I mean, I had, um, you know, my uncle was there for me and, and taught me a lot and fathered me through through a lot of things that my um, my dad wasn't there for. Um, you know, I was number four of five kids. And so by that point in time, you know, my parents were there, but, you know, they were older, um, somewhere around Sam's age, maybe maybe a little <laughs> bit younger. Um, but, you know, we, we were getting there. So, um, but it, it just... It, the enemy really takes takes any type of wound that you get through any of these stages as you're going through it and twists it and turns it all the way up through the rest of your life. Yeah, I think what I really liked about your clip is you've got these people that are talking at a very deep level about woundedness and opening heart up and being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that's the first part of moving towards healing is recognizing there is something there, that there's something that needs to be dealt with. You know, why is it that I always get angry in these situations? Okay, that, that needs to be dealt with probably, right? Unless it's really just truly defending somebody type situation. And, and so digging back in, um, Harold, I wanted to go to you. Was there some, anything you'd like to add on this topic? I had a great and terrible boyhood. I was born in a little small town in northwest Alabama and had the freedom to roam all over the hillsides. So that part of the boyhood was great. Uh, my father had a problem with alcohol and was gone. Was it a state yet? <laughs> <laughs> it was a territory. It was a territory of Alabama. territory And my father was gone a lot working on construction and stuff. And most often when he was around, he was drunk. And so I had a lot of shame that I grew up with, a lot of frustration that uh, things that I wanted to do that I didn't get to do. So like I said, I I had a great and terrible childhood. So how's God come after that for you? By teaching me that I don't want to be like that, that I did not want my kids to ever be ashamed of me and what I did. Unfortunately, uh, with my temper and some of my fit throwing, I think they were, but uh, didn't realize that at the proper time. But uh, my dad eventually uh, got over the problem in his later years. We did have some good years going on, but early on, no. Thank you, Harold. Yeah, the, the list... You know, we talked about in the first show is, uh, is how what you're supposed to get, knowing that you're apple the father's eye, you're the beloved son, you're noticed, you matter, your heart matters, 
you have the opportunity for safe exploration, to do things that you love to do, and to find out you have power and strength. And, and that's wounded with a sudden loss of innocence, kind of like you talked about, Andy. Um, when you don't know you're the beloved son, if that question's never answered, maybe your dad's not horrible. You know, maybe he's just not really there. And so you don't have that question answered. And so that's a wound as well. Uh, passive checked out father just won't really engage in anything. Again, it doesn't mean that they're mean or anything like that. It's just not there when you need them to be there kind of thing. Um, absent father, and that can be inside the house absent or outside the house absent. We've all experienced some of that here in the team, different ones. Violent father we talked about. But Robbie, you kind of mentioned one that was inconsistent father. Right. right. You don't and know who you're going to get. You don't know who you're going to get. And that was the dad that I was for a lot of years until I got a lot more healing, right? Because I would let my emotions lead and I was inconsistent. And that's a really wounding thing because they don't know when they can trust, like you were talking about, or how to engage, or can I engage? Or do I need to just not engage? You don't know any of the answers. And so you just kind of, in fear, shy away. Now, is that a fair assessment? Oh, yeah. This, the scary thing is I know I was exactly that way. Yeah. I, I mean, I know I came at it. Ooh, I would have loved to have, have, have known what I know, you know, now, you know, 30 years ago, but I didn't. Yeah. But the cool thing is I can still come after their hearts and, 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 and apologize for what, mm-hmm. you know, the shenanigans, for lack of a better word. Yeah, it's never too late. It's never too late to kind of turn that, that around. Yeah, as I was going through this checklist, what was really good for my heart going through the boyhood stage, you know, I've been doing this for a while off and on. I haven't done it in a long time, honestly. And so felt challenges as we were going through it to kind of look at this stage with fresh eyes and say, okay, you know, God, what were the big wounds? And he just laid them right out, and I've talked to him about them on the, on the uh, radio show. It's the molestation. You know, the agreement I got from that was that I'm tainted. I'd never be a real man. He came after that with a vengeance and, and have really got me in such a great place in that area to where that doesn't even bother me anymore to talk about. Um, my dad not being around, not being a priority in my dad's life. You know, I know that a couple of you talked about knowing that you were the apple of your dad's eye. I knew that. I just wasn't important to him <laughs> in a weird way. He loved me. But I wasn't as important as the Cincinnati Reds game that was going on or the the horses or whatever was going on there. And God's came after that to make sure that I know I'm a priority in his eyes. And it goes on and on. And and I was was able to find a a new one a little bit. You know, the enemy was saying, you know, you're always on your own. And then I thought about all these guys in this room and realized that's been broken for such a long time. And I'm so grateful for it that I'm not on my own. You know, and I'd encourage you to go do this as well. If you want the sheet, reach out to us. We'll get it to you. Go to MasculineJourney.org to register for the upcoming boot camp coming up November 17th through the 20th. And then also the entrenchment, September 30th and October 1st. That is a free event. It is not an overnight event, so you have to travel somewhere from there. MasculineJourney.org. Talk to you next week. This is the Truth Network.